Osiris. How's everybody doing? Hello. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, we have a really cool night here for you. My name's RJ. I'm from Osiris Media. This is Brian. Hello. Hi, Brian. Hey, RJ. How are you? Great. Um, we've been doing a bunch of these this summer with different musicians in different cities, and uh, we're really thankful that you guys joined us here. And uh, you're going to hear an interview with Riley Walker, and then he's going to play some amazing music for you. So thank you guys for coming. And uh, we're going to bring him up here in, in just a minute. Um, we've been doing these, as I mentioned, throughout the summer. And every time we interview musicians, it's amazing to me that we can kind of create this environment that hasn't been seen before, where we hear a little bit about the personal journeys of the artists, but then, then you actually hear them play music. So we're a podcast company originally, and we've tried to start bringing the podcast and the, the live performance thing together to, uh, to give people a unique experience. So all of you who came here tonight, thank you so much. You're going to get something that, that you won't ever see again. So I hope you're excited ever. about that. Um, Thank you to the Cooperage. Is anyone going to the fish shows this weekend in Alpine Valley? Woo! Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe Riley, but, but a lot of other people. Um, so the Cooperage, want to thank them for hosting us. Thank you guys so much, and take care of the servers, obviously. They're running shuttles to and from the Alpine Valley shows, and they're huge supporters of the live music community. So thank you to the Cooperage for everything you do and for, and for hosting us. Um, Brian, can you tell us a little bit about 88.9? Absolutely. So thank you, everyone, for coming. This is super exciting to be back in the Midwest here. Um, we are brought to you by 88.9 FM tonight, Radio Milwaukee. Uh, you can find them on the dial at 88.9. as uh, They're also known as Hyphen. They are one of the first urban alternative stations in the United States. They're focused on playing all types of black music throughout its 15 years on the air. Radio Milwaukee stations have been the first in the country to play artists like Lizzo, Alabama Shakes, James Vin Vincent McMurrow, Valerie June, and more. We're so thrilled to be brought to you tonight by them. They're an amazing radio station that have also featured our guest tonight, Riley. Yes, you can, you can clap. Thank you. Um, and so we're, we're also doing a, a charity auction tonight benefiting the Wisconsin Conservatory of Music. Um, which celebrates over a century of musical excellence, and they're committed to inspiring students of every age and skill level by providing accessible, exceptional music education. And what we're doing is we're running a raffle to raise money for the conservatory. So there's a table over there. There's a QR code. You can donate any amount to the Wisconsin Conservatory of Music, and you will be entered to win a bunch of prizes. Brian, will you tell us what the prizes are? We got a signed Drew Holiday jersey. Woo. Two tickets to a 2022 to 2023 Milwaukee Bucks home game. And an exclusive, exclusive from Mr. Tom Marshall, 1996 fish merch package. Really, really excited to bring those. All right, so we're going to get into this conversation with Riley. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, I think that's all we have to say, right? I think that's it. Cool. And thank good. you, Brian, for being here. Thank you, RJ. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, Brian, will you tell us a little bit about Riley before we bring him up? Absolutely. Uh, Riley's one of my favorite musicians making music today. Um, every time I hear his music, I feel like I learn something new. To give you a little bit of background, if you're not familiar with him, 
Uh, at 12 years old, Riley discovered that music was the only thing that made him want to get through each day. He's a Midwesterner, born to working class parents, as well as an uninspired student who, quote, sucked at sports. The only thing in the world that seemed cool to, rock, to Riley was rock music and guitars. He began his career in the early 2010s after moving from Illinois' provincial town of Rockford and settling in the Chicago independent scene. So those of you who are here probably know Riley's music, but he's been prolific. He's put out a ton of albums, and they're all so different. There's instrumental, there's noise experimentations, um, and he just, in 2019, before the pandemic, founded his record label, Husky Pants, and he's released his sixth studio album independently and has since used his label to release music by artists he admires, which we're going to ask him about in just a second. 2021 was a huge year for Riley. He released Deep Fried Grandeur, a live album in collaboration with the Japanese psychedelic band Kikigaku Moyo, another excellent band, just before releasing his sixth and most critically acclaimed solo album to date, Course in Fable. In addition to this, he released a tap on the shoulder with David Grubbs in fall 2021 before teaming up with bassist Andrew Scott Young and drummer extraordinaire Ryan Jewell for the jazz-inspired experimentation of post-Wook. Um, Riley, would you join us on stage for a quick conversation? Working. I'm gonna take this out of the mic stand. And go Eddie Murphy Raw style. How you doing, man? Good, thanks. How's everything going? Good. Good to be back home. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I like Milwaukee. I like uh, the middle of America. It's where where uh, the seed was shot, and I was shot into the world. <laughs> Do you, Riley, I want to go all the way back. We we talked a little bit about this earlier, but. Was there a moment in your life when you knew you wanted to or could be a professional musician? No. <laughs> I still, like, I don't think it's really tough. Um, I just, my standards for living are so low. I, I live pretty meagerly. So it's hard to even call myself a professional still. But I guess that is what I do to pay the gas bill and stuff. And um, um, it's a real struggle for all musicians to make that work um, it's still to this day, it can be tough, but I love it. And when I was younger, I, I think I just, I liked playing in bands with my friends, and we had a lot of fun, and it was just always fun with a capital F. Um, and it was it just always, it's still fun with a capital F, and uh, I don't know. I, I never had any ambition of, like, doing that. I just thought I was going to hang out with my friends or something. I don't know. I always just had, like, dishwashing jobs and stuff. I was like, I'll just do that and play guitar. And then I got to just play guitar and not do the dishwashing jobs after a while. Is there a moment you can remember when that transition happened, when it became full-time, and what was that like? Yeah. The last... I was living in Chicago, I guess, and I got signed to this record label called Secretly Canadian. Uh, and, no, they're great. Uh, I think I, I got, they gave me like $1,000, which is the most money I've ever seen. And I was like, all right, I'm, this is it, set for life. And I think I like 
Spent it in like a day on like some guitar cables. And I was like, oh shit, I guess I'm not professional anymore. So yeah, I do remember that. And it's just kind of been like that ever since. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> but I worked at uh, this place called, it was like a golf, I worked all sorts of jobs in Chicago. Mostly dishwashing, and then I worked at a telemarketing place. And then I remember somebody's like, hey, do you want to play South by Southwest? And I was like, whoa. Me? South by Southwest? Yeah, they're, I'm going to be rich. And they're like, well, you're not getting paid, and you have to pay for the whole thing. And I was like, well, gosh darn it, I'll take the dive, and let's do it. Um, to my touring experience up to that point, I'd gone all over, and it was always just you take a dive and lose everything. And that was always like the collateral damage of your life. It was like, I guess I'm just going to lose all my resources if I do this. And then you do it, and it gets a little more manageable over time. It's a great business plan. I like it. It's a shit business. <laughs> Go to community college, kids. <laughs> How do you find that, I mean, being back here in the Midwest, how, did, how has this shaped you as a musician and as an artist being back in this, uh, this area now? Right. Well, I grew up just about 70 miles uh, southwest in uh, Rockford. And the biggest band from there ever is Cheap Trick. And they rock. That's awesome. They, yeah, the first three records, I don't know if you can fuck with them. I think it's, think it's up there at the all-time greats. Um, so rock and like classic rock was uh, front and center. I don't, when I was really young, I wasn't like, I don't know, like I live in New York and you meet people who are like, yeah, my parents played John Coltrane for me when I was like five. And it's like, fuck you, man. Like, I, yeah, bad. I had, it took my whole life to find that. I was dying for that. Um, that's fine. But uh, it's just classic rock. And I just like always liked classic rock and 95.3 in Rockford, the radio station, classic rock radio station. And then um, my friend, his name is Ronovan. Um, he always liked cool records. Um, and all my friends liked a bunch of cool punk bands and stuff. And I, was re I got really into that stuff. And I remember uh, my friend Ron, he... Uh, um, he, he liked all these great bands and my friend Jordan liked all these great bands and it was just uh, all information fed from their slightly older cousins so maybe when I was a kid it was like Fat Wreck Records and Discord Records um, and then maybe later in high school just getting into bands like Pavement or Built to Spill and kind of like uh, the kind of wild paths like that goes from like indie rock stuff so maybe by the time I was in late, late high school, it was like I was really into like Drag City Records and Thrill yeah. Jockey. So I began to sense some sort of uniform ethos and aesthetic and music from like Midwest music, um, stuff like Tortoise or I don't know, like Touch and Go Records, stuff like Jesus Lizard and stuff like that was, I thought was pretty phenomenal. I was like, oh, this is all from Chicago, which is like, you know, an hour and some change away from my doorstep. So I thought that was awesome. And I began to be like, oh, Midwest music is a thing. Okay. Um, it's not just cheap. I mean, Cheap Trick is great. And then what else is there? Aria Speedwagon. They're good. That's pretty awesome. Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> You're... 
last proper solo studio record, Course and Fable, has always sounded to me, speaking of Chicago bands, like a combo of Seeing Cake and mid-70s Gabriel era Genesis. What are, were your intentions when you crafted the record? And how long did it take you to put all that together? Well, it sounded like you just named the intention. It was to sound like Peter Gabriel, Genesis, and C&K. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just like those bands so much. Um, C&K, if you don't know, is a, like an indie rock band on Thrill Jockey Records. Um, they came of age like in the 90s post-rock stuff, which I think is pretty well documented. You can look it up, and there's so much cool movements and music going on in Chicago at that time. Um, and I don't know, I, I, like I said, I always like classic rock, so like Genesis was always one of my favorite bands growing up. They, they, they kind of like lasted, even in my, my denial of Led Zeppelin years, who I grew up loving, and then was like, I no longer like this. Like Genesis was always right there waiting for me. in the sand me. moment. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know, I like Prague rock a lot, so I guess I started off doing pretty folky things which maybe had like a UK prog leaning, maybe things like Pentangle. I mean, Nick Drake, if you hear the early records, that's obviously like I'm just ripping that off. But it just kind of lent itself to more, I don't know, I just got better at guitar. So it's just kind of leaning more towards prog rock stuff like Genesis. And Seeing Cake kind of possesses that too. They have those sort of leanings in their music and in their production, John McIntyre. Um, I mentioned earlier you launched a record label in 2019. So you you talked about your experience with other labels. Like what 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 made you say like yes I, I should start my own label? Um, well, I'm not like I wasn't born with some sort of entrepreneurial spirit. It's definitely nothing like that. I think it was just out of necessity. Maybe um, I don't know. I've been on, I I've been on a bunch of labels and like that's amazing, right? That's like I'm so lucky to do that. But I think after a while, like you kind of I kind of just like picked up their bag of tricks and I was like, I think I can do this, and I did. Um, I used to just put out my own cassettes way back in the day, just like crummy things. So it's just that on like a big, slightly bigger scale and maybe a more organized scale. That's not just like this ad hoc. Like here's nine cassettes of me farting into a guitar pickup. Which is great music, by the way. Everybody should. It's good music. Yeah, seek that stuff out. It's essential listening. Um, but I I made a live recording with Steve Gunn, who's another guitar guy, and this drummer Ryan Jewell. And I think we're all like, man, this is good. We should give this to a label. And any musician in here knows, like, pitching stuff to a label is like so disheartening. <laughs> it's like shockingly sad. And like, everybody's just like, nah, man, you're just like, no. And like this imposter syndrome washes over you. And then I was like, well, how about I just get my label going? I've, I've been wanting to do this for a while. And uh, I'll take all the risk. I'll put all the dough I got into it. And they're like, okay. And so I did it. And um, it worked out for that one. And it just kind of went from there, I guess. And it's called Husky Pants. And we're worth $10 million. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Are, there, uh, are there any artists that you're like particularly proud of having? Because you, you said like you like to help amplify artists and get their music out there. Are there any artists like, or any records you worked on that you're particularly like, proud that you got to help them reach more people? Well... I try to make it transparent to everybody I know that, like, I'm not the person who can make you more well-known. Just, like, I'll do the record. You know, I don't have that kind of pull. Um, I'm not some, like, kingmaker yeah. or something, yeah. which is fine. 
I'm just like, I'll try to sell the record, and if it makes some dough, I'll, like, let you know, you know? <laughs> um, but everybody's always been happy to jump on board. I think every record that's on there is kick-ass. Um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, yeah. and I love it. It's, like, such a thrill. It's a cool hustle. It keeps me really busy. It keeps me off the streets. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks. Speaking of all this, I mean, you are incredibly prolific in your songwriting. You release multiple albums on a yearly basis. Talked about it within 2021. You know, there's a myriad of influences that come with what you, you put out there. Are you intentional in terms of how you're releasing albums, releasing different albums, or is it kind of just like at a certain point in time, you get inspiration and you just move forward with what you're working on at that point in time? Yeah, it's all a document of what's going on in that moment. Um, maybe if I have one legitimate resentment towards like being on a, a construct, like contracted sort of label thing, it's like it's always on their time and their time is kind of weird and doesn't really yeah. fit what I'm trying to do, I guess. So um, I remember when I was like 18 or 19 years old getting really into bands like Wolf Eyes and like Lightning Bolt and all those like kind of crazy noise bands. Yeah of that time. And they seem to just put out everything or all the Ohio bands like Emeralds and record labels like Not Not Fun or whatever. Um, they always just put out everything, even if it sucks. And I thought that was a really cool approach. Like, just do everything. Put out everything. Yeah. Um, and usually when somebody's investing their, like, time and labor and money into, like, a record label or little money, it's... They want it really far apart. So I was always really bummed out. I couldn't do, like fucked up noise records in between. They're like, no, that's not going to work. And I'm like, damn it. So being with my own label, Husky Pants, I kind of just uh, put out whatever, whenever, and it's pretty fascinating. It's cool. It's just a stream of music. Yeah, is songwriting too? Is that the same thing? Like, are you just writing all the time? And do you put them into different, you're like, this is a weird noise rock thing, I'll put in this folder for now? Or do you go on, like, deep dives of different, because, like, your styles are so different. There's, like, acoustic guitar with nice singing and then there's like noise rock and then there's like the Lillyway Sessions cover and then there's there's just so many different things. How does the writing like how do you sort that out or organize it or, or is it just following the path? Uh, well I guess the song records come out every few years. I, were, I like I don't write songs all the time that's never happened. I'm not like a songwriting machine at all. It takes me a really long time to write songs actually. Um, so those come out every few years, and when I'm in that zone of like, I'm going to make a song record, like I'm making a song record, but in the two or three years between those, it's just like, you're going to have a buddy come over with a saxophone, and we're going to see what happens, and then we're going to put it out, <laughs> which I don't think was so not unusual in the kind of smaller DIY scenes anywhere in America. That's not very unusual at all sure. to just like put out tons of music all the time of different sounding things. I thought that was like what you had to do. I thought you had to be like a noise person too no matter what you're doing in chicago it's like oh this person does songs but they also like have a boss metal zone where they like punch a contact microphone and it's like really loud <laughs> and that's like you had to do all that at once and that's pretty inspiring stuff for somebody who's coming of age like i was at that time to be like oh whoa you can do whatever you want and you don't gotta just, just press make... record and see what happens yeah, and you don't got to just make songs you yeah. can do kind of anything musically or just like being paired with random people like hey, we're doing this wacky show tonight and you're going to 
do a scrunk guitar thing along with uh, somebody who has a bagpipe. You're like, all right, let's fucking do it. <laughs> that was kind of the spirit of what I or what I saw going on around me, and I thought that was cool. Yeah. RJ mentioned it. You released a cover in 2018 of Dave Matthews Band's Lily White Sessions. Yep. Um, can you share some insights about how you came about making that record? Yeah, it wasn't my idea at all. Uh, it was a guy named Eric Dynas at Jack Jaguar Records, which is part of Secretly Canadian. Yeah. And I always liked Dave Matthews, and you can only talk about Dave Matthews to certain people who won't brush you off. I was like, dude, Dave. And he was one of the dudes I could be like, dude, Dave. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, um, well, that's how he talks. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of a crazy idea, but what if you covered the unreleased Dave Matthews record and, like, you know, we'll give you a small budget for recording? And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And my friend Andrew, bass player and Chicago guy, and the drummer Ryan Jewell, they're both like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So we just did our interpretation of Dave Matthews songs, which... Kind of, I think it just goes through like a Chicago filter of like Gaster Del Sol or U.S. Maple or bands like that. It's just kind of messed up versions. I think it was really unsuccessful in terms of sales, but uh, notorious. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's really interesting. I think like, it's really good, too. It's really but it's really good. hard to be like, yo, check it out. These are unreleased Dave Matthews songs. And some people really liked it. I think it's like the best thing ever. I still really enjoy it. Are you are you like a are you a genuine admirer of Dave Matthews? Like as a as yeah, an artist? Sure. Yeah, sure. I like a lot of yeah, he's great. I, n- I never disliked him at all. I think his music's awesome. Yeah. What was it like to live in his head for like a whole record? Did you learn something new about songwriting? Either from yeah, he's dark, man. His lyrics are dark as hell. He's yeah. messed up. <laughs> Dave gets dark. Well, I remember like uh, the 10, 12 years ago, being on tour with this great guitarist named Daniel Bachman. If you don't know him, check him out. And he was a big, yes. yeah, you know, you probably know Daniel. And he was like a big Dave Matthews fan too. And like the whole trip, we were listening to Dave and be like, dude, this guy's fucking dark as shit, dude. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's like nostalgia for like childhood radio or something. Sure. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of see him as like an anti-hero and good. He, he has some great songs. So that project was really fun and interesting and weird. Um, and the record came out weird and fun and interesting, I think. So, mission accomplished? I think it's uh, awesome. Dave Matthews fans actually wanted to kill me. I got death threats. Did really? Really? Yeah. And it's really them? funny because the fish community always checks on my mental health. I'll get emails from fish fans like, hey, dude, how you feeling today? No, you've been, no, you've gone through some shit. And then I'll get emails from Dave Matthews fans like, you're going to fucking die. <laughs> so it's really funny, actually. This isn't on the radio. I can swear, right? You can swear. Okay, sorry. I didn't know. There's like a live broadcast and the FCC is just like sending helicopters over us right now. Um, but yeah, Dave Matthews fans want me dead. They, why? Because, because, of the, because of the interpretation of the record? Yeah. I guess they're just maybe a bit more humorless than like fish fans. I think fish fans have a great sense of humor and a, yeah. um, a happy, joyous, and free feeling that maybe doesn't exist in other enclaves of... <laughs> It's just know. you. It's just you. Yeah. Um, did they take issue with your your slow down take on Gray Street, or was there like a particular? Was it just you touching it? I think it's just because I did it. They just saw it as like some like outsider, like Who are who's you this artist, this pretentious artist? And I'm like, excuse me, um, I am not an artist. <laughs> um, maybe a bit pretentious, but don't call me an artist. Blame the label. It was yeah. the label's It's all the label, dude. 
Um, I don't know. They, they'll, they'll be fine. Um, I was talking earlier. I've, I've listened to a lot of your music, and it's so all of it's so different. I, I'm wondering, do you have anything that you listen to consistently? Like, are there influences or, or types of music that you listen to all the time, or are you kind of like jumping between things like, like your music is? Oh, I collect a lot of records. I have tons of records, tons of CDs. I collect music all the time. I'm always listening to music. So, yeah. I mean, I guess if you... Lately? Yeah. Just like a lot of ECM record stuff and like Annette Peacock. Uh, Derek Bailey's like always... I'm always listening to Derek Bailey. Or, I mean, just old Blue Note stuff. A lot of prog rock from the 70s. Um, not too many songwriters lately. There, I, a lot of my friends are just great songwriters, so I listen to their records. People like, like Jessica Pratt or something. I think she's probably the best doing it. She's pretty incredible. I, so I don't really seek out like too many folky records or anything anymore. Like, all my friends just I think write the cool songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just whatever's messed up, yeah. I'm always listening to. You've talked about this a bit throughout the interview, and I've read you talk about this, but I'd love to hear you share one of the defining aspects of your music is this kind of constant collaboration. You're always working with new musicians. You're constantly, you know, the idea of, like, an artist comes over, you guys just decide for, to record for a day, you release the music. What is collaboration like for you, and how is working with a wide variety of artists, how does that impact you on a creative basis? Huh. Well, uh, again, I think that was just part of the nature when I started playing music was everybody's jamming with everybody. I think it's everybody, when you collaborate with them, they always want to do it quick and fast, and I like that. Everybody's just like, let's take a day and just go. Go, 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 go. It's like whatever you're inspired yeah, by Yeah, right just kind of like, go. Like, let's improvise. Um, I was really bad at improvising when I started, and I just keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and I think I got a little better. So more confident in improvising with random musicians or close friends. Um, and all my close friends have also gotten older and better and just been doing it long. So it kind of comes naturally at a certain point where it's like, hey, let's sit down and boogie-woogie on something, you know? And it just works out really well. Um, so I like that stuff is usually all first thought, best thought. It's not like some um, super nuanced thing. It's just kind of like fun. So I just want to have fun. Yeah with my friends and fun playing music, and that's a really fun thing to do. Should we hear some music, some fun music? I think we should. I actually, I want to ask, does anyone out there have a question for Riley before we get into the music? Oh, nice. Classic question from an East Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, so first tube was, oh, yeah, I covered fish first tube for a conversation. He asked about moving from, New York, from Chicago to New York. Yeah, uh, well, I lived in Chicago a long time. I always liked going to New York. Um, I don't know what, I didn't have any clear-headed ambition at the time. I was just like, I'm going to move. It was kind of a hectic last-minute decision. But I like being out there only because I still feel like an alien there. I don't belong on the East Coast, and I know that, and I really embrace that. I'm pretty corn-fed and Midwestern, you know? That's kind of my roots. Um, I mean, just the classic stuff, you got to, like... It's so expensive and so fucking much money to live there, so I kind of have to be on my shit really hard and work really hard at what I do, which is a really 
hard thing to make money in and make a living in. So I feel like I work really hard and I got a lot better at doing what I do out there. Not that I couldn't have anywhere else. I think I just... And my music is totally different being out there. I think I've met a lot of new people who are great. Um, and I still keep in touch with tons of musicians who I played with in Chicago. And it's just... I don't know. I like big, stinky cities. And New York is a bigger and stinkier city. So I moved there. Um, I still don't have a clear answer why I live there and why I'm still there. But I love it for the time being. It's the spot now. Empty bottle. Yeah, empty bottle. Like, yeah, Union Pool is the empty bottle of New York, by the way. And uh, I don't know what to compare it to in Milwaukee. I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, empty bottle. If we're in the uh, rapid fire comparison segment of the interview, we were talking upstairs. There's a bunch of great Grateful Dead bootlegs. Are you a drum and space noise kind of guy or a vocal jam making noises with your mouth? Type one or type two jamming, you yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, always type two, but I've grown very fond of type one and it's starting to work wonders in my life. <laughs> All right. We're going to hear some music from right. Go ahead. Europeans all get grant money and Americans don't. Uh, so we're better musicians. But I mean, not to say there's a lack of talent there or something. There's like some of the best, but it's, there's like a hustle and bustle here that's pretty unmatched in my experience. Got another question right here. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> um, well... My winning personality, I know. I hope it carries over to the music. Some would argue that the music isn't as good as the onstage uh, persona. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, you would think by the way I talk and the way I act right now, it's like some funky, like, loopy thing or like a coffee shop thing, but I don't know. I take it very seriously. I don't know. It's fucking uh, technical metal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right. So I, I, I heard that you've, ne you've never seen Fish in concert. Is that right? Seen Trey, but never seen fish. Trey. Are you going to see Fish this weekend? Uh, it's up in the air, so we'll let uh, the spirit guide me. Okay, that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Letting the spirit guide you. Yeah, I'm just going to let my camel crocs guide me. Maybe it's back to New York, <laughs> maybe it's to Alpine. Um, can I ask one more question? The, the past few years, I don't know if the pandemic's still going on or not. It's hard to tell, but... What, what were the first, I don't know, year and a half or something, like when you're off the road and you're at home, what was that like? Do you learn anything? Like, what, what was that like for you as an artist? It was pretty, it was sad at first. It was traumatizing for a lot of musicians. I kind of took it okay, I guess. I was pretty happy to stay home. And I got lucky. I got, like, unemployment and stuff like that. Um, Uncle Sam was like, here's 500 bucks a week, and that's kind of all I needed at the time. So I was fortunate that way. I'd been traveling for a long time, and I never had time to stop and really take stock of my life. Um, so I got to say it was really therapeutic and much needed. Um, but after about a year and a half, I was like, oh, shit, I got to work more. So I'm happy to be back. Um, I, gotta, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of gratitude to be able to travel around and play. But I got to say, for a year and a half there, it was really cool to just 
sit down for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I promise this is the last question. Do it. For, for people here who haven't seen you or, or haven't seen you out, what do you have going on for the rest of the year? What, what does the rest of the year look like for you? There's like, uh, at the end of this month, there's like two and a half weeks in Europe and then two and a half weeks out with Dinosaur Jr. opening up for them. And we're playing in Madison, awesome. so if you want to take the, the hop and the skip on over to Madtown, <laughs> get a freaking schnitzel, <laughs> and come see that gig. That's, just, that's at the band and stuff, so if you don't like me solo, maybe you'll like it with the band. Are you, are you writing any new music? Do you have anything? Like, I got like demos distance? for another record, but it's going to be so long before that's like a real thing. Yeah. Got it. Um, I did a record with this drummer, Chris Corsano, which is sick. He's like a yeah. free jazz drummer. Yeah. That'll come out at some point. That would nice. be incredible. Amazing. Um, do you want to say anything about the music you're going to play, or do you want to just play? Do I don't know. I guess I'll just play and do my best. It's just some songs. Just songs. Thanks, Riley. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks, everyone.
trumpet who breaks down the stone weight of the keep and take contracted by home in the half when they couldn't keep time the phone Borrow headspace for tomorrow and I everybody has papers if the in on the con in the half with me kept on keeping on
A Sunday sit down Still end up short A lot to confess We still pain less But the half with me will have one more Thank you. My name is Tom Petty. Thank you for coming to Summerfest. I'm actually alive. But when I saw the white light for a bit, I saw George Harrison. What does the switch do again? This one. Oh, it does that. Okay. This is Don's guitar. Everybody say thank you to Don for the guitar. Thank you, Don. And my friend Ben, he made the shirts. And my friend Kendra is a really great guitarist. Check out Kendra Calhoun's music. And oh hey Nicole. And Nicole's my friend, too. And you're my cousins. <laughs> Hi. Mm-hmm. 
To your window, a poor use of night. You're hanging feet from the rafters. You laid on red, risen me your after. You shot the heck, you hit my face. I finally heard some laughter Sun shattered, had a mumble. I'm covered by the cars. Folk chatter, loose binding. The tap play here's at the bar. I'm hopped up on. Tell you right speed. I think I owe you from last time. Tried to read you in the wrong way. Venus burning, but not trying. I'm glossed over at the wrong pace. I'm dressed out for revival. I lost it all in the wrong way.
Thank you. How is everybody? Thanks for having the show for me and everybody here. Nice and early. I like that. Thank God. This 10 p.m. start stuff, I just turned 33. I can't be doing this much longer. Come on now. We start at 7. That's the way I like it. For you Rockford heads in the house, I went to Gazardo Music this morning and got this here capo. Still trash. Sorry if you're like uh, the heir of the Gazardo music estate. Yeah! That's what they sound like when you get there. What's it gonna be? In fact, I was more of a Paradise Guitars and Beloit fan myself. Come on, I'm giving you Wisconsin references. We're supposed to... You know? Don built this guitar. There's a kill switch on it. Does that. It's pretty cool, huh?
There's no instance in conscience or convenience Even though you stand on heavy shoulders And I'll take the roundabout Cause I like to see St. Jude Again and again Hands folded in prayer God, do you write prescriptions? And God damn, my signature is fake Now take the roundabout Cause I like to see my house Number four, number five, number six, number seven And number eight Try the passenger door. Oh shit, man, it doesn't even work. And you cry like you never seen water here. Now take the roundabout, cause I like to see my house. Number four, number five, number six, and number eight. 
When you try the passenger door Oh shit man, it doesn't even work And you cry like you never seen water here My friend laughs cause he thinks he's having a daughter And you can find me at the roundabout Every lotto ticket wins you ten dollar hits Inside the city limits that shit won't even buy cigarettes So you hit the back road and you grab a cotton To my shoulder, wearing an old man's coat With a couple war badges and a two-cent stamp And you can find me at the roundabout Where every lotto ticket wins you ten dollars version. All right. Thank you. I got one confirmed. Yeah. What do you do? We have so much time after the show. What are you doing with the rest of your night? My God, we can do our taxes or anything. Cheese curds. That's yeah. East Coaster visiting the Midwest. You're going to, I don't know if you're made for these, this flat land. You eat enough, you go blind. You're in a flying J bathroom for three hours wondering, God, where is all my friends? But they're gone. They've left you behind to your certain doom in the flying J bathroom off Interstate 94. Did you fly to Milwaukee or to Chicago? You flew to Milwaukee. Very nice. Underrated airport. Underrated. It goes a lot of places. All these hip, cool cats in their damn O'Hare airport. Shitbox, that place.
Well, this one is about the Kishwaukee River, and I guess you can maybe the bit of the Rock River, too. On the banks of the old Kishwaukee, I saw you there Getting baptized by Daddy, now the love was there Have you had the way they love you? Have you had their song? Have you had the way they hold you? When you write your own When you write your own
On the banks of the old Kishwaukee, I saw you there. Getting baptized by your daddy, and all the love was there. Have you had the way the love you? Have you had their song? Have you had the way the hold you when you write your wrong? When you write your wrong?
Time for a couple more? Well, I don't know. I got a few more for you. And they're all enjoyable in their own right. How's the type two jamming going tonight? Good. Yeah, I need the inside scoop from the fish heads. This is from the Great American Songbook. It's kind of like the Rage Against the Machine kill switch. It's pretty cool. Just another ball track! Killing in the name of! Right? If I were a carpenter, 
kind of like a cool My Bloody Valentine thing I just did. What's up? I can do it all. I'm Kevin Shields. Welcome to Jackass. That was pretty funny. I thought so too. Yeah, this is called shoegazing. This is called fuck your guitar up with the fucking tremolo arm. I'm going to wake my dad up in the middle of the night playing shoegaze loud as hell. Shoegaze Bam Margera, that's pretty funny, right? Yo, I'm Bam Margera. I'm signed to 4AD Records. Did you get that? 
on Ben Margera, and this is called Be Signed to 4AD Records in 1989. So the shoegaze Ben Margera is not landing. Is that what I'm getting? I should stop the character. I'll stop it for now. But there's still slightly more banter before the end of our concert. How are you doing, my cousins? Good. How's things? Nice. Yeah, you too. My mom says hello. That was a perfect opportunity for somebody to say, yeah, I, tell your mom I said hi. That's what I would have done if I was in your place. <laughs> I actually, as soon as I said that, I was like, somebody's going to say that. I disrespect my mother. And my show.
Primrose green that kept me up all the night. It felt primrose green, made me high, high, high. I went for the hill with a head of primrose green.
Amen. Thank you very much. I got one more kind of jammer here for you. I want to express my extreme gratitude for everybody for being here and uh, for all the fine folks for putting on the gig. And uh, really appreciate it. I have, check it out, I have compact discs, long players, and T-shirts. Christmas is around the corner, and uh, I'm going to go to Culver's and make the most expensive order ever made purely for merch sales. And they're going to have to, like, close the shop up and be like, all right, we got a live one in here. So I'm going to go and put the herd on some butter burgers and some crinkle-cut fries. And then I'm going to go home and uh, go through my baby book and go, I used to be so innocent. So you can help me achieve my goals this evening by coming to say hi at the merch table and grabbing a record. It helps out a heck of a lot. So thank you. Should I go back and do 4AD Bam Margera? No. Jackass, My Bloody Valentine.
Thank you. Thank you. That's all I got for this evening's program. I wish everybody a safe travels home. And I wish everybody to participate in the raffle for a good cause. And um, thank you. And I also have t-shirts and records for sale. Thank you for your time. Um, <laughs> let's give another hand to Riley Walker for an amazing night of music. Thank you, Riley. Thank you for your time and your insight. Um, so we raised a bunch of money tonight for the Wisconsin Conservatory of Music. Thank you, everyone. Um, amazing. And we're going we're gonna to give everything away because you guys showed up and you donated. So I'm going to pick a ticket out of here. The last three numbers are what you're going to look for. So we have a signed Drew Holiday jersey. Amazing. Amazing basketball player. Do you have anything to say? Uh, he is one of my top five favorite basketball players, even though I root for the Chicago Bulls. Wow. So this is... This is special. If, if your ticket ends with the number 720, you are a winner. Nobody. You, yes. Woo. Hi. Congratulations. Yes, you win. Yes. Got it. Congratulations. All right. Thank you. What's your name? What's your name? Can we, can we, Sandy, can we have a round of applause for Sandy, please? Beautiful. I saw that Sandy had a bunch of tickets, so if she wins again, it's going to be... Okay. So, this is a never-before-worn fish shirt from the 1996 New Year's run, which, if you know what year it is, that was a long, long time ago. It was a pretty solid run, 1229. Excellent, excellent show. We're going to go ahead and give this away now. But you have something else in your hand. Oh, I do. We got an unused after-show pass could potentially work tomorrow at Alpine. It could, I'm not, 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 not going to make any promises, but it could. These were both donated by Tom Marshall, our, our friend and co my co-founder in Osiris. And I'm, I think, I don't know, I'm, uh, this is very close to the last one, Sandy, so. 726? Yes! Yeah! <laughs> I like hearing people yell, yes, what's your name? Paul. Paul. Congrats, Congrats Paul. Paul. Thank you. All right. This is going great so far. This is our first real raffle. It's amazing. Thank I think you, guys. it's going well. Um, and thank you for donating to the Wisconsin Conservatory of Music, which we told you about before. All right. We have two tickets for a Milwaukee Bucks game in the next season. Is that right? Schedule is not out yet. So we will be in touch with regards to the specific game. You will have some input. The Bucks will have some input. It's a lower-level ticket. Should be amazing. The Pfizer Forum looks really cool and... As a Bulls fan, I know that the Bucks are admittedly quite good. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be a great game. And thank you to our friend Arvin for, for donating this and being here on behalf of the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> thank you, Arvin. All right. Thank you, Arvin. Oh, I think this might be Sandy again. 7-2-2. Anyone have 7-2-2? Two, two? Sandy again? Oh, my God. Woo. This was not rigged in any way. Congratulations, Sandy. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to see the... You donate Milwaukee more money, you get yourself in there. Thank you. Do you think this is legit? It looks right. It looks, it looks legit. It looks, it legit. looks not counterfeit. Thank you, Sandy. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for donating money. Thank you to Riley Walker for hanging out with us and playing music for us. I'll, I'll tell you right after. Yeah.
And thank you guys so much for coming. Enjoy the evening. Um, let's get one more round of applause for Riley Walker and to the Cooperage for hosting us. Thank you guys. Thank you all. Osiris.